take it back to the 90s. That's where you cats gonna find me. Uh, let's take it back to the 90s. Hi, Jilly. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? I am just great. How are you? I'm good. It's Thanksgiving Eve. Remember when you were young and Thanksgiving Eve was a huge party night? Yeah. Um, I never got to Thanksgiving Eve party. Oh. Why? Let me tell you why. So the year I turned 21, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Eve was November 27th. Mm-hmm. And my birthday is November 28th. Right. And at 9 o'clock, the bouncers came around and ID'd everybody and kicked out anybody who was under 21. Did they kick you out? They kicked me out. Even though you were going to be 21 in a matter of hours? Uh (gasps) Mm Uh-huh. Did you Mm -hmm. beg and plead? Yeah. I was so upset. And then my friends didn't leave. (gasps) And I was so mad. Feckin' rude. (laughs) And the bartenders were like, we don't care. You're not 21. Yeah. they're like, I'm like, you can put giant X's on my hands. I won't drink. Like, all my friends are here. Please. I haven't seen them. Oh, it was one of those, like... Anyone could be there until 9 o'clock? Yeah, and then they kick you out. So what about when you were 22? You were over the New Year's Eve party I scene? think so. I well, mean, Thanksgiving Eve? No, then what? I don't know. And then it was just done. Mm. At that point, I was an old lady. I was engaged. At 22? You know? yeah. Were you engaged at 22? I sure was. Oh, my God. So- <laughs> How old was I when I got engaged? 2012? I was 28. Wow. I know. And How I was funny. an old 28. I was like 28 and a half. Um, I don't like all these. Oh, well. well, we got to get some cozy lights in here at some point. Yeah, it's not working. It used to work when we had the LED lights, Joshua James. Well, maybe we can replace them. We can take them out of the funds that we don't have. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> All the money that people give us for the pod. So <laughs> That's how you know it's a passion project. I know, right? So Adrian is one of my best friends from high school, and she actually listens to us. So hello, hey, Adrian. Adrian. Just a couple days ago, she sent me a picture of the two of us on Thanksgiving Eve, 2007, I was in between relationships. Oh, so you were having I was a having night the time of my life. Out. Yes. And I was like... Capital N, capital it, O. And I said to her, I was like, look at us, so young. Like, she goes, this is when we could be out in restaurants. We could go to a bar without ordering food. And I said, yep, so young, single, no kids. Rested. Boobs where they're supposed to be. Face, skin. The way it's supposed to be, the I'll way have to God intended. This, I'll have to post this picture. Yeah, with this uh, with this episode, Adrian. If you want me to blur your face, well, you can let me know via text because it'll be too late once this airs. Um, <laughs> too late. But yeah, that like, was a I'll really check fun with night. You. But now here we are, Thanksgiving Eve. Thanksgiving Eve in your thirties during a pandemic, no less. No less. I'm having five guys for dinner. A late dinner when I get home after this. You haven't eaten dinner yet? No. Are you starved? No, I'm okay. Okay. (laughs) How hot is that toddy? It's a warm toddy at this point. I'm having a hot toddy because I have a sore throat. But it's not COVID. (laughs) I just got tested at work. And uh, it's, uh, there's fireball in here and lemon tea and honey. It's an actual hot toddy. Love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of life in your 30s. I had such a wonderful time last Saturday, but also LOL at, like, the hilarity of a birthday in your 30s. Uh, Yes. There was a – so Chelsea's birthday is coming up this Saturday. But it's Thanksgiving weekend. But it's Thanksgiving weekend. You know. So last weekend, 
we Adam and I came over and Josh cooked dinner and we all hung out. We played games. Just the four of us. We're a family of eight now. Yep. And uh, (laughs) we were just sitting around the dining room table laughing. Adam's telling us stories and we're all laughing. And at one point we all stopped and we were just like, "Ah." yep, like I could go to bed right now. (laughs) Well, no, that's actually okay. So it was the best because I worked all day on Saturday and I came home and I am like, I should take some Advil because I'm kind of (laughs) sore. And I don't want to be thinking about how I'm sore. I'm sore when my back I'm... and my arms are. Yes. Oh, and then God. so I'm popping Advil. Not like, I'm going to get lit tonight. You know, I was like, oh, I just, I don't really feel like being sore. I just that don't want to be sore while I'm hanging out with my friends. Yeah. So we did that. And then we, my husband cooked us a nice dinner. Mm-hmm. We played games and we laughed and uh, hard end at 9 30 p.m yep i was in bed 10 minutes after you guys walked out the door like 9 45 i'm like okay all right good night good night everyone that was fun um i think the most um probably the funniest part of the night i'm gonna go there chelsea you're gonna tell it i'm gonna tell it's your it. story to tell it's my story to tell so um, Adam is telling us this really funny story, and we cannot stop. It was laughing. truly so funny. It was so funny. We couldn't stop laughing. And not only was the funny story, but was the story funny. But Adam was laughing while he's telling it. Yeah. So we were laughing at how hard he was laughing and the fact that he could barely get his words out. He could barely get his words out. And for those of you '90s kids who are females who have had children. Um, there's something awful that happens to some of us. To where some of us. Some of us, unlucky <laughs> ones, especially when you have children when you're older, where you, your pelvic muscles just go to shit, right? So I, like, if I sneeze a lot because of my allergies or if I'm laughing really hard and I have a full bladder, sometimes I, like, I mean, I might wet my pants a little bit. Like, a little bit, right? But I hadn't gotten up to use the bathroom in a few hours because I was so enjoying the company. Mm -hmm. And I was laughing so hard. And we were drinking. And I peed on Chelsea's dining room chair. This is the best. And I just stood up and I go, I just peed on your chair. And Chelsea's like, what? Okay. Well, (laughs) let me give you my perspective of it. Okay. Yeah, tell it from your POV. the, The story got so funny. But also so spellbinding that, like, I had to crawl away on the oh, that's floor. that's right. So by the time he gets to the punchline that made everybody crack up the hardest, I'm sitting on the floor. That's right. And so when Jill... Like cowering in a corner. Yeah, like cowering in a corner. <laughs> and so when Jill stands up and she's like, I peed, I just peed my pants. Like, listen, <laughs> I've got lots of friends who are moms. I work out with them. I laugh with them. We've we've peed pants before. You know what I mean? But never but then when she says this, I look in Jill's general direction and there is like a tiny puddle on the chair. And that is really what got me. I was like, Oh my god, you didn't just like squirt. You, you like, like peed you urinated pee. on my chair. And wow. So then wow, wow, wow. Josh goes and grabs a Clorox wipes and, and paper, paper towel and slams them down on the table and goes, oh, my God, Chelsea, clean up after your friends. He says, clean up your friend's pee. Oh, yeah. Clean up your friend's pee. <laughs> like you like, would say if your kid forgot to take the dog out and then you're like, well, now you got to clean up the dog's pee yeah. in the hallway. Well, you didn't take her out soon enough. And look what happened. I told you. I told you this would happen. That's I basically knew she what happened. Pee. So. 
Saturday night after we got home, well, first of all, I cleaned it up, okay, and I changed. And now I know that I need to leave a pair of pants at Chelsea's house. <laughs> Um, for accident, saying you should take a drawer Much in my like, guest room. Yes, for, I'll leave since, like an extra pair of <laughs> since that, January first, twenty twenty. If right. you'll remember, yes, you did. We'll put a, we'll have a change of clothes for each of the kids. We can put Adam's slippers down there since yep. he has a pair of slippers here, and we'll put some extra pants in there for me. Uh, yeah. So maybe some depends. Maybe some depends. So oh, speaking of the other day, I was looking through a Martha Stewart magazine, like the Christmas one for December. And uh, Martha Stewart living. And I said, oh, look, Adam, this is what I need. And it's, like, always discreet. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So he goes, oh, well, that's sad. I'm like. <laughs> He's not like, no, honey, you don't. He's just like, yeah. like, yeah, you probably yeah. do. So when Chelsea went to bed Saturday night, I was at home Googling the name of a very well-known, like, physical therapist, physiologist, and emailed her, and I have an appointment for the end of the year. That's very exciting. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to be able to laugh without fear of leaving puddles on That's people's That's so chairs. funny. I, I also cracked up because Jill and I have the same doctor, mm-hmm. and so so does Josh. Adam is the only one out of the four of us who doesn't have the same doctor. And so we're after this, we're talking about that. And I'm like, Jill's I got to call Nicole. She's like, oh, I got to call Nicole. And... um. And Adam, like, looks at her dead serious. Well, wait, and- Josh said we sh- the five of us should go out once everything's over for drinks. Yes, yes. Um, and-, and I said, J- Adam doesn't have the same doctor. Well, Adam was like, wait, is she my doctor at some point? We were like, you were like, no. <laughs> I didn't know. And, like, ask me the question, like, wait, is she my doctor, too? And I'm like, oh, my no. God. I am not your fucking secretary. <laughs> But funny enough, Chelsea basically is uh, my secretary. Well, and you're mine. And that's what we were laughing because Jill went to go see our doctor today. (laughs) And she's like, I can't wait to tell her I peed on your chair. (laughs) And I told her something like an embarrassing medical issue I have going on. I'm like, the best part is she could ask you like, oh, yeah, Chelsea. How's Chelsea? And I could be like, oh, she's great. It's all cleared up. (laughs) Her wound is cleared. She's fine. Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I'm so glad I was able to give you this piece of information. So funny. So funny. So, guys, that's my embarrassing story of the month, that's maybe the year, quite frankly. One. Honestly, it brought me such joy. Like, I'm just glad it was your house, and I'm glad that we were in the dining room and not in the kitchen with the upholstered uh, bench so cushions. Funny. That, that honestly might have made it more funny, though, you know, because then we'd, we'd like, like, have wow. to go get the little green machine out. And, like, <laughs> like a fucking dog! Yeah, like literally like a dog. <laughs> Oh, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway. All right, should we shift into our whacker all that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I would like to go first. Let's hear it. Um, Inspired by our topic tonight, Home Alone, Mm -hmm. I'm going with laundry chutes. I love it. I have a note about it. I want it. I want all that. They need to come back. I want it so badly. It would change my life. I know. Can you imagine? Can I you imagine? absolutely can. I absolutely can. And they had several of them in the film. Well, yeah. at least two of them. I'm just saying, here's the thing. We just toss our clothes down the stairs because our washer dryer is in the basement. Right. So, like, whenever they're dirty and we're not upstairs, like, if the kids get changed or whatever, we just toss them down the stairs. Do you guys have a towels. hamper, like, up? But, yeah, like, we've got okay. hampers upstairs. But, like, I don't know. Like, we get 
Jackson and they oh, we, we do the same thing downstairs and then we just yeah throw them we do the same thing or sometimes they get dirty and it's right. just like this or, or like, like a dirty towel or a kitchen yeah, rag kitchen or yeah. rags or yeah. whatever they just get thrown down and then like I'll forget. And then we'll have people over, and we'll go into the basement. And I'm oh, like, you mean oh my like God, just now me. when I was walking? I mean, down I don't the care about you, but <laughs> like, I mean, I did pee on your chair. So yeah. I mean, other people. I'm like, Jill can just step over them; it'll be fine. <laughs> but like when we have an actual guest right. come over to our home, I'm right. like, ooh, yikes, that's like, embarrassing ooh, sorry, a little bit. Sorry. sorry, we're like, I promise, we're clean people. We just this is where we throw our laundry, and then I feel like I fight my three children two four seven about. Put your three children. Your clothes. You're talking about Josh. Yes. Okay. Put your clothes in the hamper. Put in the uh, hamper. But if there's a laundry chute, that's fun. Do yeah, so it'd I mean? be a fun thing for them it's to do. It's a fun thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I want it. It's all that. I want it. I want it too. We also have, la- and it's so funny because right before I came over here, I was thinking about it because we have our washer dryer in the basement. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, whenever we move, we'll have a washer dryer like. On the main floor or upstairs, like, outside of the bedrooms. We'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. The dream um, is to have it, like, in a closet. Right. Like, off the hallway. The bedroom. Exactly. Wherever the the bedrooms are. So as you're walking by it, you can just take your dirty clothing off and throw it in and do it. Whitney has that yeah. in her house. Lucky girl. I know. I but know. in the absence of that, a laundry chute. I, exactly. A laundry chute. Okay, so, yeah, turn. I'm going to give it an all that. Um, my whacker all that. Are Adidas tearaway pants. Oh my God. Do you remember those? Yes, I do. Did you own a pair? I did. I never did, but I always wanted them. I feel like. God, I'm trying. I mean, I had to have them. <laughs> You're like, I must have. No, no, I I absolutely remember having them. But I'm trying, like, I, this. I'm having a blurred recovered memory. I'll have to fact check <laughs> my memories, yes. apparently. But I remember going to our local high schools. Um, okay, I remember it now. It's coming back to me. Like, Friday Night Lights games. Yep. And... With one of my friends whose brother went to the high school and played on the football team. And she was on, like, a junior pom-pom cheer team. Okay. And that was, like, their uniform was black oh. camis and the Adidas tearaway pants. Oh, my God. And so I, like, liked to pretend I was one of the cheerleaders. <laughs> and so I wore them to every game and just was, like... And just sat on the sidelines, yep. like, mm, I'm just, you know... So did you pretend that you were there in case someone, like, got hurt? I don't know what I pretended. I always wanted to be like, a cheer bitch. A cheer bitch. I like yeah. it. Gabby was a cheer bitch. A cheerleader. Yeah. And then she, during, she was a flyer. Oh, wow. And then during practice once, they dropped her. And her head, like, her entire Speaking body Speaking of hit, home alone. I know, right? Her entire body hit the, like, a pad, but her head did not. Oh, God. And she cracked her skull <clears throat> and lost her sense of smell. Oh, my God. Still? I think it's did a little bit better. Back? I think, like, little by little she did, but she didn't realize it until one day after the accident, my mom was making lasagna, and she opened the oven, and my mom was like, oh, it smells so good. And Gabby was like, I can't smell anything. I can't. How awful is that? That's awful. That's awful. And what's funny is that when I was in college, <laughs> sorry, guys, my allergies or whatever the fuck. Um, but when I was in college, um, I took a sensory and perception psychology class. That sounds fun. Well, it was my senior year of college. <clears throat> I had to take it to graduate. I was a psych major. 
and there's a bone in your nose that essentially that's uh it's a horizontally placed bone i guess you could say mm-hmm. and there are little holes in it and your nerves run through there okay and if it gets jostled enough then the nerves can break okay so I said, oh, I wonder if that's what happened to Gabby, like, when she got and dropped. And some nerves, like, were able to reconnect I don't know. I don't know. But do. Yeah. So she can smell certain things now. I'll have to that's ask her. Very interesting. Um, but, yeah, I didn't own a pair of the tearaways, but a lot of girls in my high school did, especially runners. And I remember a lot of girls also would wear them because... I mean, you know, like I went to a private yeah. girl school. You got under your, under yeah. your skirt oh, on your yeah. way into school because yeah. it was so cold. Um, and I would, and you know, it's not like I was not so much my senior year, but before then, it's not like I was driving myself into school. Yeah. So if I was getting on the bus, like, you know, it was cold out there on the bus stop. It was did you wear other pants other than the tearaways? Yeah, I had like other pants that I would wear, but the tearaways would have been nice. Although, it would have been nice. Except the weird thing is they didn't tear away all the way. Right, which is weird. Like I they don't still, understand the band that. at the top was still at the waist, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so the I don't I don't like What's they were the point really to, like, pointless. Give, give your it, legs a breeze. Well, it was like that's the thing is like I guess and it was kind of nice. I will I remember I remember playing in them like it riding my bike. I'm nice. serious. So like funny. I remember riding my bike on them and the wind would like <sighs> and it would be like just enough like cooling effect if you were it's like a dad unzipping his pants yeah. for the summer <laughs> the knee it's kind of nice <laughs> yeah those cargo awful whatever whatever I know yeah. and then he's like oh it's cooled down again let me zip these back on it's so funny did you wear boxers under your uniform skirt um I wore spandex oh okay boxers were like the unofficial like you had uniform. to wear something yeah though. yeah and someone I was talking to recently told me that, like, they don't do that anymore. And when she asked someone who's a... Sp- oh, they don't do boxers anymore? They right. They don't do skirts? They do, like... No, I think they wear, like, probably running shorts now. Like, you know, spandex. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I wore. And when <clears throat> someone said, like, oh, we used to wear boxers, they were like, what's wrong with you girls? That's funny. I'm like, oh, well... I never would have you thought of that. You think you're better than me? You think you're better than me? I know. I remember going to school the very first day, and a lot of the girls had come from the lower school, they called it. Um, the Leslands. The lower school, meaning like no, I'm just K through it's eighth like grade. It's like how our school called it latchkey, but oh, for real. Right. But like the K through eighth graders were like in a different building that they okay. were, it was called the lower school. So then they went up to the high school, and they knew about the boxer quote-unquote rule. And I show up, and you could tell what girls were just going to Holy Names for high school. Because we had our shirts tucked in. We had our polo shirts tucked into our skirts. Our skirts were, like, of reasonable length, and we weren't wearing boxers. That's so funny. That is a hilariously true. You could always tell who the new people were yeah. based on, like, how properly they were wearing Right. And then uniforms. by, like, you know... By, like, the next week, your skirt's rolled up, you got the boxers on underneath, your shirt's not tucked in, and you're wearing your penny loafers like fucking mules Mm because the backs are smashed down because you want to wear them like slippers. Yep. Yep. We we actually, the thing in my high school that was cool was Birkenstocks. Like, literal clogs. You guys wore Birkenstocks? Yeah. That was your school uniform? No, it wasn't the uniform. It was the unofficial uniform. (coughs) That's what, like, all the cool girls ended Mm. up getting. And I remember I wanted them so bad for Christmas. It was, like, my big Christmas gift. Did you get them? I I got them when I was in ninth grade. But I remember my mom being like, why? I'm like, all the girls are wearing them. We had to wear penny loafers. You had to. Yes. Oh, okay. We didn't have a... 
And then now I think they wear boat shoes. I don't know if they still Ooh, at one point they were wearing. Cute. Yeah, I think at Fairies? one point they were wearing like yeah. I think at one point they were wearing Doc Martens. Okay, wow. I don't remember which. I might be making that up, but it's changed over the years. I mean, I graduated from high school eighteen years ago. Our high school. This I hated. This I hated. This I thought it was so ugly. It was so ugly. And I think our year was the first year to do this. Um, you had um, the shirts, the button-down shirts, had elastic at the bottom because they had such a problem with people not tucking it in that, like... That is awful. I know. That's so It heinous. was just... It was so... So it was just like... Like, you looked like you had, like, a tire. You know what That's I mean? That's awful. Yeah. We wore polo shirts. That was our uniform. Which I liked. button-downs. Um... What else? Catholic high school. How fun. Here we are again, Jill. Here we are again. Fucking yeah, sidebar we central. We always come back to our Catholic upbringing. I know. Isn't that isn't that true? So anyway, tearaway pants, all that for the nostalgia factor, but mm, not really necessary. I agree not necessary, but I'm going to tell you what. If they were out there, I would go buy them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny. Also... Susan listened to the podcast, as you know, my sister Susan, mm-hmm. and she said, I had a pair of L.A. gear light-up shoes. I can't believe you guys think they're whack. They're whack, girl. I was like, as a parent, they're whack. Yeah. As a kid, they're Listen, all as that. As a kid, all that. All that for sure. Oh, there was a corrections corner over here. The light bright came out in, like, the 60s. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> okay, because... Your Honor... But uh, whatever. Like, it was part of my childhood, and I'm a child of the 90s. So You're right. In your you face. get it. Um, but I have a correction. I a couple years ago, excuse me, a couple weeks ago, I we were talking about um, Trading Spaces, oh, the yes. show, and the Hay Woman, and I mistakenly said Stacey London. Stacey London is a treasure. She was on What Not to Wear. Yeah. Um, the woman who did the Hay Room is, I think her last name's Santiago. Her first name's Hildy. Yeah, she's Hildy Santiago. She's crazy. So apologies, Stacey London. I cannot believe I would ever disrespect you that way. Stacey London, if you're listening, and we know you are, th- please con- and consider Jill's formal apology. I'm formally apologizing. To you. Do you want to get into it, Chelsea? Let's do it. Today we're discussing Home Alone. Home Alone. This was one of my favorite. Actually, this probably uh, is my favorite Christmas is. movie. Yeah, it's... Growing up, still... Forever, always. I, I 100%, 100% agree. It's funny to watch it as an adult, and it's funny to watch it, it taking notes for the podcast. It is. I agree. But this is when I fell in love with Macaulay Culkin. Ooh, gross. I, I never fell in love with Macaulay oh, Culkin. Well, you know, he had, his, he had his heyday as a kid. I understand. And uh, I had an autographed photo of him. I don't know where it is now, but I wrote him a letter when wow. I lived in the South Bronx. And then one day in the mailbox downstairs, there was a big... There was a yellow manila envelope, and when I opened it, it was an autographed photo of Macaulay Culkin. Squeeze me, Macaulay Culkin. That's awesome. I know. I mean, I didn't get, like, you know, a personalized letter like you got from John Travolta. Listen, it's okay. I like (laughs) Macaulay Culkin now um, because I I feel for him, and he's, like, speaking out on his life, and it's giving an interesting perspective to, like, child actors and all that jazz. Yeah. That's not He's an easy gig. open and honest, yeah. And I think that his... I remember reading things about his family. Like, he came from a really big yeah. family, and, like... 
a nutso family. Yeah. Though. It's funny because I, um, in doing some research for the pod, I found something that essentially said, okay, so Home Alone, like, is absolutely famous for the stats it hit you know yeah it's insane it's crazy like it's the highest grossing film ever until the hangover 2 which is wild because the hangover 2 is not that good like when i when i read that the first time i was like oh the hangover that makes sense yeah the highest no they're saying the hangover 2 it was the guinness world record Highest grossing live action comedy ever. Ever. Until The Hangover Part 2 in 2011. And then um, it was like the second movie of the year behind Ghost. <laughs> which I, I, I love, that. love that journey for us. <laughs> and Macaulay Culkin won Best Actor. Did he really? Yeah. Like is, like an Emmy or an Oscar? I don't know, to be honest. I just... But he, he won Or that. not Emmy, a Golden Globe, I mean. So... Um, and then, it was also in the mo- it was also in theaters forever, forever. Yeah, it was in and theaters. they continue to like bring it back. And yeah. Oh, and then I read something else that they it's like become a term in yes Home Alone to be Home Alone. Yeah, which is like if you have a movie that comes out at the general same time as another movie that just blows the box office out of the water, and your movie like doesn't even stand a chance because you've been Home Alone because you've been Home Alone. Home which Alone I think is cool. was out. Let me see. Um, it was in theaters from November 16th, 1990 until, um, like the following June. It was out for forever. Like, that's a long time. They probably pulled it just in time to get it on VHS. Yeah, you're probably right. 1991. (laughs) And it was, (laughs) it was number one at the box office for 12 straight weeks. Yep. And then it was dethroned from the top spot when Sleeping with the Enemy opened with $13 million in ticket sales. Sleeping with the Enemy, did you ever see that movie? Uh Uh-uh. It's but it, fucked. Oh, I, I'm like, I think I've, it sounds appealing to me. Yeah. And it's funny because in the movie, well, it's not funny, but in the movie, and I can't remember the the actor who plays the abusive husband, but it's Julia Roberts. I okay. Remember. I lied. I've seen this. Is it like a crazy glass house on a yes, beach? Yep. Okay. Yeah. You know I've how he it. turns all the cans to like face forward? He's like yes. super controlling. So in our house, whenever we have switched out um, light switches or... Um, the outlets mm-hmm. from like the almond color that they used to be to white. We've also obviously had to switch out the plates. Oh yeah. And when Adam puts the plate, installs them and installs the plates, he has all of the screws so that they're all like horizontal. Oh. And I'm like, and I look at him and I'm like, that is sleeping with the enemy shit. He goes, well, it looks nice. I'm like, you're fucking crazy. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But this movie was not sleeping with the enemy, but Home Alone again did incredibly well. And John Candy. So John Candy was an Uncle Buck mm-hmm. with and Macaulay Culkin. And Autumn. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. And John Hughes did both movies. Mm-hmm. You know, Home Alone and John, and uh, Uncle Buck. So when they were casting for Home Alone, John Hughes was like, we got to get Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. And Christopher Columbus was like, well, we got to, like, test out other people. But ultimately, like, they chose Macaulay Culkin. John Candy was available for only one day to film his scenes. It took 23 hours to shoot. Okay. He was paid $414. He did it as a favor to John Hughes. Okay. In return, he was the only actor that Hughes allowed to go off script. 
According to Chris Columbus, all of his dialogue was improvised, which I love. Wow. Especially that scene at the airport where he's talking about like what he does. That's so funny. My favorite is it. when he's talking about the kid where he's like, well, he didn't speak for six to eight weeks. Yeah. And after that, he was, <laughs> he, that's my He was favorite. messed up for six or seven weeks, but then he was fine. Like, he started talking again. <laughs> like That's yeah, a problem. So good. So good. So any other... Uh, um, well, where I was that's... going with all of this oh, real yes. quick uh, is just apparently Macaulay Culkin's parents were his parents were such a nightmare to work with that they like debated casting him in Home Alone too. Really? Not because of Macaulay Culkin, but because of his parents, because of his nightmare parents. Wow! So <laughs> holy shit! Obviously, they decided they have to give the people what they want, right. and we're just going to deal with their parents. But. Right. It was like a thing. It I was also, a thing. that's awful. I read that he made like a hundred and ten or a hundred one thousand dollars for the first film, and for the second film, he made over four million dollars. Get it, buddy? I mean, good he probably didn't get to touch any of it because his parents were nuts. I and know. then they went through like a brutal divorce and then fought over Macaulay Culkin's money, not which their is money, awful. Which their is son's money. Awful, outrageous. <laughs> all right, you ready to get into it? Yes. Um. Wait. First of all. Tell me your, like, Home Alone memories. Do you remember first time seeing it? Most significant time seeing it? What's your tradition with it? I can't remember the first time I saw Home Alone, but I do remember seeing Home Alone 2 in theaters. And I remember it was, like, a really... It was one of those... My mom used to, when we had half days, we had half days, like, the first Friday of every month for, like, teacher stuff. She would pick us up from school, me and Susan at the time, and she'd bring us to Pizza Hut, and then we'd go to the movie theater. Spectacularly nice. And it was like the nice Pizza Hut, like in the nice, like we traveled like 20, 30 minutes. Like where you would go and they'd bring you the dishes and you'd set the whole thing. Yep. Yep. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. And they'd bring them like. <sighs> I miss that. Yeah. Ugh, I miss the, the full Pizza Hut experience. That's dead. And the Pizza Hut buffet where everything was decorated <laughs> with kale. <laughs> and now people fucking eat kale. Yeah. Me included. Um, but yeah, so what about you? Any special memories tied to it? I don't remember first time seeing it, although I like in doing the math, I'm like, I, I must have seen it pretty young because I remember getting the Walkman from oh. Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. And I'm like in the house we lived in, which we moved out of when I was like seven. So I de- you know what I mean? I'm like, right. I definitely saw them yeah. young enough to be like, I want that. Right, <laughs> right, right, Christmas. right. And um, but my favorite, my favorite memory is the the year Josh and I started dating. Um, I was working events at the time, and like we had only been dating for like two months, and I got put on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. And so I couldn't like one, I couldn't go home to be with my family, and two, I couldn't even like friendsgiving. Be with Josh. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, even at that, I, we were so brand new. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And yeah. so he. <laughs> Brought me, he like drove up and brought me a whole plate of food Aww. from where he was having dinner. But like, I'm really picky and he didn't know this about me yet. Mm. So he had like put gravy all over the, you know what I mean? Okay. Like the whole thing. And there was just like a little bit of everything. And it was like lukewarm and I didn't really have a way to eat it up and or heat it up. And I remember like having it and trying to like <laughs> sneak eat it, you know, like just like make it look like. Right. Like you'd eaten all, like a little bit of everything. Yeah. And the reason I remember this is. In the hotel lobby of where I was working at the time, it was, like, on ABC Family all day, and they just played Home Alone over and day. And so anytime I wasn't, like, needed, (laughs) I would just go sit in the lobby and watch Home Alone, where I just picked it up wherever wherever it was. (laughs) 
<laughs> wash it for like five or ten You're minutes. Like, oh yeah, and... we're back to the airport again <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the fifth time today. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that it's it's a precious memory to me. That's re- that is actually really sweet and mm-hmm. precious. Um, and then when he left. Did you throw your plate in the trash? I did. I did. <laughs> I didn't eat. I was and like he didn't stay for very long. He wasn't supposed to. I'm at work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um he left and then there the driver like there you know what I mean? There was like they had a driver who was t- picking people up and like taking them around or whatever. And he looked at me and he was like he um was Korean and or of uh South I don't know. Asian descent. Yeah, Asian descent. And he he looked at me and he's like, you didn't you didn't like that, did you? Like you didn't like that food. And then I was like, no, not really. And I'm like, Buddy's my brand new boyfriend and he's so nice. And he was like, I'll I'll get you something. I'll get you something. And Aww. he went out and got us a bunch of Chinese. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't that so funny? That's amazing. Like came back with just like a ton of egg rolls and like he's like this this will fill you up much better work. than whatever the hell he got you. <laughs> I loved it. Um. All right. Okay, anyway, sorry. I think what I love most about this movie is how ridiculous this house is and how we never really know what the hell Peter does for work. No, we never know, and I want to know. There's, like, whole Reddit threads devoted to what the fuck does this man what do for work? What the fuck does he do? Or what does she do for work? Let's not be sexist. You're right. And but you know, she's clearly a housewife. She is. She's Her street smarts are 0%. She's awful. Listen, I love. She's awful. Catherine O'Hara. Don't get me wrong. I love Catherine O'Hara. Oh, another total side note. One of our friends was like, oh, I didn't know she was the mom in Home Alone. She just (laughs) knows her from Schitt's Creek. That's so funny. I can't fucking handle you under 30s. Get out of my face. Get out of here. Go watch Home Alone. Um... So we open up on this big, beautiful house. The kids are kids are running around. We don't know who belongs to who as far as, like, kids and parents. Mm-hmm. For some reason, there's a police officer, played by Joe Pesci, yep. just standing in the foyer asking, like, oh, are your parents home? My parents are in Paris. Oh, do your, are your parents home? Yeah. Do they live here? No. Of course they don't. Why would they live Why here? Why shouldn't they? No kids, no... All kids, no parents, probably a fancy orphanage. Like, what is happening? Yeah, um... I have a lot of questions about this this whole first scene. And because I'm sure we're going to have lots to say, I feel like trying, like, crunching as much as we can yes. into scenes, you yes, know? Yes, yes. So this opening scene, they're trying to set the stage for us. Um, Shit's chaotic. Shit is chaotic. They're, yeah, they're trying to make this, mm-hmm. like, seem chaotic. They're trying to show you that a villain is on the prowl. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to give you a vibe for this family mm-hmm. and the whole thing. And um, so here is... <laughs> I've watched this movie a thousand times. Yeah. And this is the first year that I'm like, Kevin isn't a brat. These parents are awful. Yeah, they are. They are terrible. They're terrible. So they're... This, yes, is he saying things that an eight-year-old should not be saying? Yes, he is. But he's also the baby of the family. He's also the baby of the family with older kids who have said things to his face that we see. Like, you're such a disease. What a dweeb. What a nerd. Like, Like, no one stops them. Like, everyone just lets them. Everyone just lets them. Even when his mom is kicking him up the stairs and he's like, you all hate me. She's not denying it. Right. She's not being like, no, honey, we love you so much. You're just whatever. Also, in the super chaos scene where they spill the soda and the milk and the tickets and everything... 
why is Buzz not in trouble? Yeah. Is someone fake barfing a pizza next to the people's, like, real food? Also, if your kid likes cheese pizza, I'm sorry. I'm going to save him a piece of cheese pizza. Right. And I'll be so, like, Kevin only eats cheese. Please, somebody make sure you save him. This is what I wrote about that scene where there's, like, this, like, pure chaos. chaos. Well, just in general. So... The part where, like, Buzz doesn't get in trouble when the milk spills because mm-hmm. Kevin pushed him. Everyone is glaring at Kevin. Literally every single person. The camera pans around to everyone glaring at him. Yeah. It's so, like, what? That is awful. And it's it's Buzz who, it's, like, is the troublemaker should be getting in trouble uh, in this situation, first of all, everybody's a little bit to blame. Let's right. be for real. Sure. Secondly, it's Buzz. He's right. older. He should know better. Also, right. that's disgusting. I know. It is gross. Also, um, one thing that I appreciated about this movie is that even though they do drop some somewhat overt hints as to... They lay things out for you, yes. but it's not as much of a slap in the face as some Typical. of the other movies. I 100% agree with that. Also, um, I, I made a similar note because, like, when they're explaining the neighbor, mm-hmm. but they do it in, like, an urban legend oh, style, yes. not, like, um, right. ooh, the, you, you know what I mean? Like, right. If if the mom or the dad would have said it, it would have been like typical nineties, like spelling it all out too right. much. But with the brother being like, Wanna hear a spooky story? Right. Like, sets the stage a little differently. And then when um Kate, played by Catherine O'Hara, is on the phone with a friend saying, like, Oh, when are you leaving? Like, oh, we're leaving tomorrow. We're yeah. boarding the dog. So she's setting the scene as to the fact that there's going to be absolutely no one around. They're yeah. not expecting anyone to be around, not even the dog. Um there's a couple other, like, random things in this first scene that I like that just make it seem believable. Mm-hmm. One being uh, Kate saying, I hope you're all drinking milk. I want to get rid of it. Like. <laughs> I miss that. Right? Oh, yeah, but that is believable because That's I believable. don't. That's also want that like, rotting in my fridge. I heard my mom has said that. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Like, oh, so yeah. Well, or something. Like, oh, we have to eat the chicken tonight right. because we're going on vacation. Right. And I don't. I can't freeze it. It's right. Past oh, the that's so funny. Freezable point. Um. Okay. Also, another thing I jotted down in this first scene when the little Nero's pizza comes. Like a bat out of out. hell. I know. And knocks over that statue. Yeah. You know, that becomes kind of like a running joke throughout right. the movie. And, like, they don't make it obvious all the time. Like, yeah. sometimes people are just picking it up or right. whatever. And I love that humor. You that, know what like, I... Yeah, it's just like a oh, little, there like, it is. Oh, yep. Again. Mm-hmm. One thing that I know... Speaking of, the, uh, speaking of that statue, I was today years old when I realized that the statue is a jockey. Like a Saratoga race yes. jockey. I actually was wondering if it is. I was like, oh, does this place uh, take place in New York? No, it's Chicago. But it's Chicago. Yeah. But it was, I had just never realized it before. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that's like something that rich, rich, white rich families <laughs> right, have, especially in Saratoga Springs. They're like, oh, well, we live in Saratoga. We need a jockey on our front lawn. Yep, absolutely. Um, also, this this scene also sets the stage for how cheap and obnoxious Uncle Frank is. Uh, I hate Uncle Frank. Yeah, he's, he's the, worst. the worst. Like one hundred twenty two dollars for ten pizzas. What a steal! And then he's like, "Oh, this is my brother's house. He'll take care of it." You're rude. You're rude. You're super rude. You're super rude. And then he also, you know, again, they're like planting little seeds so that you know he's like, "We're leaving the house at eight a.m. on the button." Mm-hmm. Um. And then something that a lot of people have missed, I'd never missed this, but a lot of people are like, did you notice that Kevin's 
plane ticket was in the trash when they were cleaning up the milk. I'm like, yeah, it yeah. says Kevin. It's very obvious. Yeah. But yeah, that's why, you know, one of the issues they have. Because they don't have the ticket. Right. So when, when they whip through the tickets. airport later and the lady's like, she's counting heads. Yeah. She's like, oh, 10 people I have or however many people. Yeah. And I have that number of tickets. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Because they miss it. Telling why me. is the entire family spending the night at the house like the night this seems chaotic don't you want to be in your home packing up your bag no now you're gonna have your bag unpacked because uncle frank lives in ohio okay. she says like frank oh, and his my family brother drove in from oh, ohio okay, you're right and they have big yeah okay, okay and they're flying up from chicago I was like, why is everybody and then here? i also i think i miss this as a kid they say that they're going to paris because peter and frank's brother transferred to paris one or maybe multiple kids stayed behind in Chicago to finish school, and then his brother was like, oh, I miss everyone. I'm going to pay for all of you to come out to Paris. Oh, okay. And what I love is that this theme about this uncle being, like, this rich person goes through to the second film. Yeah. Because we don't need to get into it, but in the second film, he lives in New York City and is, like, renovating his townhouse, but yeah. he's out of the country while they're renovating it. So he's got so money. He definitely has money. Um, Kevin, even though Kevin is not at fault for learning these things. He's super rude. He calls his mom a dummy at one point, which I don't like. I definitely would have been smacked <laughs> if oh, I yeah. called my mom a dummy. 100%. Um, and then when he's saying, like, families suck, and she's saying, you should ask Santa for a new family. This is what I'm saying. This is horrible parenting. I know. I wrote, my note says, Kevin is a sociopath and mom is tired because she has so many goddamn kids. She has so many goddamn kids. <laughs> But I don't think, I'm going to defend Kevin. I don't think he's a sociopath. I think he's just repeating learned behavior. Oh, he is. But, you know, if you don't look at it through that microscope. Well, I did. When he's like, everyone is, family suck. I, you when know, I he, get up and get married, I'm living alone. I know. I'm like, wow, you've got problems. But, I mean, there are problems that he has because his family sucks. Yeah. And rude. And that is something that carries through the entire film. Yes. So. Okay, so now there's a full moon. Of course there is. Course. A storm comes in. There's a power outage. They make the power outage obvious, but not in an obnoxious way. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It feels cinematic to me. Yes. You know what I mean? They're like, the bow's going. And they're, zo and they're this, zooming yeah. in on the Santa wreath in a kind of creepy way. Yeah. And... Like, they could have just showed the wind and the clock going right. for a second, but they made it more dramatic, and I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um. So they wake up and they're scrambling. Here's my first... I'm, I'm coming in with my first issue of the film. Tell me. No one woke up before 8 a.m.? All the kids are older. Not one... Not not no, the little ones? Yeah, well, they're like six. No. Oh, well, Fuller, The yeah. ones with the big gla glasses. Yeah, Fuller. He's probably six or seven. Fuller is played by Kiernan Culkin, Macaulay's younger yes. brother. In case you didn't know. I did. Um... But that's a good point. Maybe and, a little bit of a plot hole. Yep, a plot hole. And like, I don't know about you, but the night before vacation, I cannot sleep very well. I'm because you're so excited. A little, I'm excited and I'm nervous. Stressed. I'm nervous about waking up. Like yeah. I'm, I, I almost always wake up before my alarm, or I hear it like the second it starts chiming, and I'm like, time to wake up. Right. Also, it's very bright. You're telling me that, Ooh, like, that's a really good point. So they don't have blackout shades mm -mm. in their bedroom. That's bright in there. That's a great point. And I'm just, I'm like, the whole entire house of, like, however 15 many people, people slept until 8? Yeah, you're right. My first issue. Okay. Tell me what's going on in this scene. All right. So, we hear a knock on the door. It's the guys with the airport shuttle. And Catherine O'Hara leans over. 
realizes that the electricity must have gone out, sees her watch, wakes up, yells, Peter! And then they both say, we slept in. And then everyone is rushing around at like one and a half, two times the normal speed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's this random kid who I never really paid attention to, like his name, but his name is Mitch Murphy. He lives across the street. Yeah. He comes over and he's like peppering the drivers with questions, random so questions. for 90s kids situation. Total worked for 90s kids situation. Yeah. And he's talking about how he's getting ready to leave for vacation himself. Yep. Like, where are his parents? Where are your parents? Do they know you're here? Secondly, like, how nosy are you? He right. He starts going through their bags. Right. And, like... and I actually realize now... Mitch Murphy, like the Murphy household and the Murphy house oh, and the yeah. Murphy family. I just realized times. it's the same family. Um, but yeah, he's going through their bags and he's like, wow, this is cool. So then everyone's leaving and Kate is like, listen, uh, Heather, go do a head count. So Heather is the niece. She is presumably the oldest. Right. And she's the daughter of the guy that lives out in Paris. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember in the opening scene, she says, my, par- my parents are in Paris. Yeah. Sorry. So she does a head count, expecting there to be 11 children, and she counts 11 kids because fucking Mitch Murphy is in the van, his back turned to Heather, and she assumes it's Kevin. Rightfully so. Um, This is, I I like that the writers, directors, and everything did this scene. I like the way, the work that they have put in up until this point to, like, make it believable. Yeah. Even though I'm still looking for plot holes. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I see you, that was a good... That was You know good. what I mean? They set the stage really well. They're like, Kevin's sleeping on the third floor, which he normally wouldn't do because he got in trouble. Like, he had to get in trouble because he had right. to end up on the third floor. By himself. Not By even himself. with Fuller. Yeah. Because originally he was supposed to sleep with Fuller. Because of the whole... Yeah. Because, you know, they, like, worked all this out in advance. Yes. So the viewers couldn't be like, that wouldn't happen. Like, right. You're- that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. And everyone's rushing around. Kate trusts the oldest to... Sure. Make sure all the kids are accounted for. I get it. And at the same time, but I guess when you have like eight kids. She's got five kids. I think the other, I think Leslie and Frank also have four or five kids. And then Heather belongs to, you know, the parents out in Paris. I don't know if she's the only child, but I mean, Kate and Peter have five children. I just feel like, and it's again, I'm like, you're in chaos, you're trusting the oldest, you're like, are you sure, did you count? But I'm going to be like, are my children all accounted for here? Right. Mine? But she must assume, he he must be in the other van. And then, okay, so Kevin's not the youngest, I guess. But then, when they're at the airport, and they're Well, he's the youngest of Kate and Peter's kids. Okay, so yeah, he's he's at the airport, and they're running through the airport. Right. Sorry, as a parent, you're going to run in the back. Right. You're not going to let your kids... Right. Stra- you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Right. You, you're going to do like a duck. Like, follow your and uncle. Anytime I see parents walking with their kids and their kids are trailing them, I, like I get, get annoyed. Snatched. I know. It's just. And not the like sexy outfit kind of way. The like. <laughs> but like snatched by someone who's going to steal snatched. them. Um, so then Mitch finally leaves. Frank is being miserable. Of course. Um, and then this is enough, to your point. They go to great They're lengths. foreshadowing here, right? The electric company tells Kate the electric is fixed, but the phone, phone lines, lines are, are still down, and, and it's like, gonna take a few days because the holidays. She's like, I don't give a shit. We're leaving anyway. So yep. again, then they're running through the airport. They're running through the airport. They get to the the gate. They're like, did the plane leave? And she's like, no. You just made you it. Just made it. So different from today. So different from today, and. 
borderline, I still, I, I meant to Google this before tonight. Like, is this also a plot hole? Because from my understanding, and I don't know if this is like post 9-11 rules, but like once the manif- manifesto, manifest, the manifest man- has yeah. been printed, they can't let you on the plane. That's probably a post 9-11 thing. Okay. I have to imagine. I mean, back then, you used to be able to meet people at the gate. Yeah, that's true. And, like, you could switch tickets and stuff. Right, and, like... right. And now you can't. Like, if I have to cancel a ticket, only I can use that credit. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, rules are a lot different. Also, the way that people travel is a lot different. Do you see the style? There's oh, There's yeah. just, like... I mean, I remember my grandmother, like, always had a good outfit for when she was going to fly somewhere. Which is somewhere. hilarious to me. And that's... I get it. And I, I even like it. I'm like, oh, that's cute because yeah. it's, like, special or whatever. But, like... I've never well that's a lie once um but for the most I'm like I'm wearing my grungies I'm not doing my makeup give me leggings give me layers because it might get cold I might get hot and that's it but I've also never flown first class shoes with easy removal exactly well now yes not so much then Mm -hmm. um so then we see more of Frank's cheapness so the kids are in coach, the parents are in first class, and Frank asks for champagne and says, it's free, isn't it? Yep, he's cheap, and he tries to steal the crystal, like, salt and pepper. Yeah, he shit. does in a like, little put bit. put it in your room. And then Kate says, I hope we didn't forget anything. And then we cut to Kevin waking up in his empty house. Okay, so Kevin realizes he's home alone. He's, like, walking through his house being like, Mom, Dad? And then he's like, I made my family disappear. And he's jazzed about this. He like, is. He's excited. And now he's going through and he's living every kid's dream. And I feel this is a very realistic scene. Yeah. He's eating junk food. He's jumping on beds. He's snooping through his brother's stuff. He's like. He's playing with the laundry chute. He's shooting. He's using yep. a BB gun to shoot people off, you know, little figurines off the laundry chute. Totally. Which and, I wrote looks so fun. And in this scene, we're going back and forth between Kevin having a blast and the flight on the plane yep but they're just chilling they're just like yep he's having a blast now something i read in my research i love this fact you know the the classic line buzz your girlfriend woof Woof. uh the sweatshirt that i just showed you the sweatshirt that you just showed me um they did not want to cast an ugly girl did you know that you know this okay they didn't because they thought that was mean because then for the rest of her life she's branded as like buzz's ugly girlfriend right right? so what they did is they took one of the producer's sons Mm -hmm. and put him like in a wig and fake brace so it's a boy right in really bad drag essentially (laughs) that they were like make an ugly face like we want this to be a terrible photo a horrible i do like that they did that i do too because can you imagine being like we need to get an ugly girl how awful that is awful but for the boy for it's funny it's a funny gag for the rest of his life for the rest of his life yeah he's however old he is today he can be like did you know i'm buzz's girlfriend (laughs) and then i wonder if that's on his linkedin (laughs) (laughs) was once buzz's girlfriend um but yeah so and on one of the scenes on the plane, like you said, Frank tells Leslie to steal the salt and pepper shakers because they're actual crystal. Yeah. And then in that same part, the one of the uh, flight attendants is walking by with champagne and he goes, fill, fill it up, please. Fill it up. Fill it up. All the way up. Like, all oh the way up. Oh, my God. Yeah, so cheapo. then Kevin's watching a movie he's not supposed to be watching. Angels with Filthy Souls. Which sounds like a porn, but it's not. <laughs> and... He, it's a mobster movie, black and white. Yep. It's, it comes Love up it. multiple times. Um, he is scared. Yep. And so he yells, Mom! 
And I love how they do this scene. Yes. I think this is so clever because his voice like reverberates yep. off. And then we see Kate and she has a moment where she she's wakes like, up. Yeah, she like jumps up and she doesn't realize it's Kevin right away. But it's right. like her senses are tingling. It's like we forgot and something. The thing is that as a mother, has this ever happened to you? Like maybe not on such a big scale, but mm-hmm. like I have been working weddings before and literally felt like... Ooh, where are like, the kids? Not where are the kids, but a, oh, just like, like a something's sp- wrong with my baby. Oh, like sure, I'm sure, just sure. getting like yeah, 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 an uneasy yep sense, and have gone to like check in and been like nothing major has ever happened, but like yeah, it was a rough day or somebody got sick or somebody, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's yep. I just feel or I have woken up in the middle of the night bef- right before my kids have. You oh, know what I mean? In the past yeah, where it's like. It's almost like I can sense them coming out of a bad right. dream before. Right, right. You know, and I'm like, wake up and I'm like, are they okay? Are they okay? And <laughs> then I'm laying there and then all of a sudden it's like, mommy! And, and I'm like, like oh, I, there I it is. It. I knew it. <laughs> so I just, I loved how how they. They did a nice job with this. Yeah, how they showed that experience of like being connected to your children. Right. Even when you're not right there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Kate realizes she for- they forgot Kevin, and uh, she says, what kind of mother am I? And Frank says, if it makes you feel any better, I forgot my reading glasses. What a dick. Well, he, he is hates a dick. Kevin. He's made it very clear he does not like Kevin. No, he doesn't like anything or anyone. He's just miserable. He just um, likes saving money. <laughs> I feel like her reaction on the plane is believable mm-hmm. because she just seems like she's in shock. Yeah. And just like. Yeah. What the fuck do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I I I think it's how you might actually respond. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how I would respond in that situation. Well, would I cry? Would I the thing freak is the that fuck out? Probably. Then when we get when we start moving forward and they're not like as time passes and things happen and they're not freaking out, I'm like, you've lost me. Yeah. But agreed. at this point, I'm like, okay, okay. I I You're actually in shock. think you right. are like. You're trying and there's literally to, nothing you can do from, you know, 40,000 no. feet in the air there's over the Atlantic Ocean. And you're probably being like, okay, here's the game plan. We're going to get on the ground and we're going to do, 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 do. Right. And so you're too busy thinking this through. The reality of it probably hasn't fully set in. Right. And I think, like, do you ever do that thing? I do this all the time. It's I think there's, like, a psychological term for it called magical thinking. Okay. Where it's like, if I could just go back... Yeah. An hour, right. I could stop this from happening. Yeah, and it's the time feels so close. In tan, do you know what I mean? Yeah. it's like, like, he, like, have you ever gotten into a car accident? Right, and like right after that, you're like, ah, I wish can I, I could just rewind five, five minutes, minutes and yeah. make a different decision because, right. and it, and it just feels like it's like right there, and so. When I have been in that, like, magical thinking moment, it's taken a while for reality to set in because it's almost like I'm fighting with time to be like, can I go back? Like, can I? Can I? Can I? And so that's why they're, like, stunned faces and just like, oh, my God. I'm like, all right, I buy it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And then after this is where we get into the Harry and Marv of it all. The Wet Bandits. So, they are planning on robbing... They're sitting in their van, which is called, like... Oh. Isn't it, like, good... It's, like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Plumbing and heating. (laughs) Yeah, like, they're just okay. Mm -hmm. And they are uh, talking about how they're planning on robbing a bunch of houses in this neighborhood. And Harry is very... Harry is the cop that we met in the first scene. He's 
showing Marv how he knows when all the lights are going to turn on. Like, this guy's automatic lights are going to turn on at this point. Blah, 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 blah. And he calls um, the McAllister home. What does he call it? The Silver Tuna? Yeah. Which makes me laugh because it's kind of like in uh, the office, like Big Tuna. But yep. they keep calling it the Silver Tuna. Like, it's the big one. It's got all the things that they want to see. all the things that they want. <laughs> so um, they're getting ready to break into the McAllister's home. Because they know they're gone. So they're backing up into their driveway. And then Kevin, who is watching TV, eating junk food, and has fallen asleep, hears their van door slam. And he wakes up. He turns on the basement light just as they're about to break into the basement. And they leave. And, again, we're going back and forth between, like, the McAllister's in Paris Mm -hmm. and then Kevin at the house. They land. Right? They land. Wait, real quick. I want to say, I I love... I think Kevin does such a good job. And I think this made me think of something that his uh, worked for 90s kids thing. Like his parents have clearly prepped him for like what I, truly what to do in that event. And right. I, I realized that and I was like, I was as kids who were left home alone. Yeah. Yeah. You did have the lights on the TV protocols. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like right. always make sure you lock the door behind you. Like when you come in and da 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 And like if someone calls and you're home alone, you don't say, you don't I'm, say home alone. I'm home alone. No, you, you say, say my, my mom's, mom's in the, the shower. shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's so seeing this, I'm like, oh, okay, still. I'm like believable. 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 Yeah. You hear noises, you're concerned, and you're right. like, <gasps> Let me I'm turn home. the lights on. Yep, I'm here. Yep. Don't come in. Yep. Um, that's a really good point. So now, again, back and forth. Okay, like, so yeah, we're on the ground. Yep. The McAllisters are trying to get in touch with the police. They're trying to get in touch with neighbors. They're doing everything they can to get in touch with Kevin. They can't get in touch with Kevin because the phone lines are down. So they yep. can't call their house directly. Kevin leaves the house and sees old man Marley outside. He's yelling, I'm not afraid anymore. And then he sees him and is afraid and he and runs he, back inside, which I couldn't help but notice he didn't lock the door behind him. Um, You know what I do love is that every time he's afraid, he runs to his parents' room. He's either hiding under their bed or under their covers. Yep. I think he sleeps there the entire time he they're does. gone. Which also, is like super believable. Super believable. Like there's a lot of comfort in uh-huh. being like where your parents are. Yep, and also, like, any time my dad went out of town, I would ask if I could sleep in my parents' bed. Yeah. Because I just was like, ooh. And your mom so, was probably always like, sure. <laughs> no, she <laughs> wasn't. I'm a, I used to be a wild sleeper. So oh, okay. So she, like, would try sometimes right. and then be like, you can't, no. Never mind. No. You, you keep you touching my face, face and kicking me. <laughs> yeah. Right, it's fine. Rightfully so. I get it. But um, it does make me laugh that, like... So, yeah. yeah, if I were home alone, I would absolutely be sleeping in their bed. Yeah. Um, and then what did you think of the scene where Kate is just trying to get someone to go visit the damn yeah, house? Yeah, let's talk about this. Okay. So I'm upset at both. I'm upset at Kate and I'm upset at the police officers. Mm-hmm. It's a funny scene. Yes. It's very funny. It's well written. Yes. I like the way they create the chaos for you and everything. But I just want to be like, Kate explain your situation better you're doing a really bad job you know what i mean like i think if you could just be like listen right my eight-year-old i we left him he's alone i'm worried he's kidnapped or in danger please break a window and walk the whole house i'm begging you like i don't care what you have to do this is i'm giving you permission but also the police officers like don't seem to really care i know and then when they send the police officer to the house 
who's doing a welfare check, all he does is knock on the door and is like, nobody answered. Like, he says, tell them to count windows. their kids again. Like, and, like, what? you don't see the lights are on inside the house. You can at least, like... Right. Where is CPS? Like, what is happening? It's just wild. And I, uh, okay. So then I wrote, I wrote down a note where I was like, here's a a reason this movie, I mean, there's a bajillion, obviously. We've talked about like why this movie wouldn't work in 2020 because it would be like, oh, you forgot me. Like, whoops. Or it'd be like a text or a phone. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. (laughs) Immediately. But, um, in 1990, I'm like, okay, so here's the thing. The police go, they say, call the house. But at this point, Kate is already, like, working her way back. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I'm realizing, like, they probably didn't check in. They probably don't have a way to reach her. And, like, did she think to call back and be the like, police? did you? Because here's the thing. If you call back the police or if the police call you and say, we went to the house and nobody's there, right. you're going to the next level of panic. Right. We're no longer, like, because my she kids says, alone. She says at one point, because, so she calls the police and then she goes and finds Peter, her husband, mm-hmm. and she says to him, and he's, like, at a ticket counter. He's speaking to someone. That beautiful French woman with the long blonde hair. And I always thought she was beautiful. And I'm like, I want hair like that. Anyway, <laughs> she says to him, the police are going to check on Kevin. Mm-hmm. And that's all she says. There's no follow up. And then Peter's like, oh, we can't get a, a flight out of here until Friday, which is two days away. Two days away. Um. So, yeah, you're right. We don't know if she ever gets any feedback about it. And that's what I'm saying is like. I just think that would take you to the next level of panic. Right. If you knew, like, did anyone call the police back? Like, did you guys find him? Yeah. That's a plot hole for sure. That's a plot hole. Um, Another plot hole I have is what kind of man leaves his wife alone in the airport? How about the fact that he says, fine, Kevin, don't you get lost? And they laugh and embrace. Like, (laughs) I just, that is not realistic. You would never, especially because, yeah, everyone's tired. Everyone's exhausted. But the kids are also old. They're old enough. They're yeah. old enough to right. go back with their aunt and uncle. They're two sets of aunts. And or old now. enough to just suck it up and stay at the airport. Or, or get don't. Out. Right. Until, because the thing is that, like, probably by the time they figure, I don't know. Yeah. There's, that's Plot something holes. that bothers yeah. me. Who leaves or, their wife alone? Then the husband, I feel like the man should stay. Like, let the nurturer go with the children to nurture. Right, right, right. right. You know what I mean? But do you think you would be able to? I would not. Yeah. No. But I'm saying, I'm. I'm like, if we're going this route that only one person stays, I just don't think, and not to like be sexist and gender roly, but I just don't think a man would be like, okay, you stay here and try to find your way home. in a land where there's (laughs) no cell phones and you can't keep constant updates on like what's going on, what's going on. Right. Like I'm not leaving. Right. Right. Um... Okay, so now we're uh, Kevin's buying a toothbrush. Right. But before we get okay. to Kevin buying a toothbrush, I'd like to take a moment to talk about the house. It's super 1990s rich oh, people yeah. house. There's, like, damask wallpaper everywhere. Everywhere. Hunter green. Hunter green Dark and that, like, burgundy. Yeah, burgundy. Like, Curtains, ugly ass. Giant, thick. Like, you know they are yes, heavy. Yes, like the big They're tapestry. Um, I just... I'm floored by it. And then we also, at the beginning of this scene, get a recurring, the first of a recurring joke where Kevin splashes aftershave on himself and then yes. screams. He screams a lot in this movie. Yes. It's always kind of funny, but he screams a lot. He does scream a lot. And um, this is also where he breaks everything in Buzz's room because he's 
This is important. He's looking for cash. He knows that Buzz hides cash in his baseball card tin, which is at the very top of a series of shelves. He climbs the shelves, breaks them, and the tarantula gets, gets loose. Um, I I like this scene because, again, I think it's believable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I, I think as an eight-year-old, I would climb Absolutely. shelves to get to the cash jar. Right. Yep. And I think I would survive the fall just yeah. fine. Yeah. You're pretty bouncy. You're yeah. Like, Very nimble. Yep. Yeah. I'm taking the cash and I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm not going to like. I'll I got to go about, get my yeah. toothbrush. I have things to do. Which is so funny that he's so worried about getting a toothbrush. Yeah. At eight. I think I. Uh, I think Kevin has shifted into. Like he's taking this like man of the house role. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And he's like, what would a man do? Brush because teeth. that first day, he was definitely like, I am here alone. This is awesome. I'm going to do all the things I can't I'm not allowed do. to do. Yeah. And then he thinks, oh, wait, I, I'm, this is I, my life now. I guess I should. This is my life now. <laughs> I got to protect the house. I'm the man of the house. So I guess I'm putting aftershave on. I'm washing. You know, and then he, you were just talking about he, he slaps aftershave on his face. Like, um, John Hughes, who also did, like, Ferris Bueller right. and whatever, that's something he likes to do in his films are these, like, introspective, like, oh, um, yeah. intimate, like, grooming sessions where you, like, learn about the character. Yeah. And he said that his thought on it is, like, yes, they're speaking out loud because he doesn't like voiceovers, but to imagine it as an internal conversation mm. instead of, like... Well, also, like, if, if you live by yourself... I talked to myself talking all the to yourself, time. Right. Yeah. I was talking to myself today at the liquor store. Luckily, I was wearing a mask. Otherwise, people would have thought I was crazy. What do I need? Do I need 18 <laughs> bottles or will 16 be enough? I don't know. Um, okay, so he's buying a toothbrush. He's like, is this uh, dental approved? And approved the by the American like, Dental Association. Let me find out. While they're doing this, the old man comes in. And uh, Kevin is, like, frozen in fear, slowly backing away, and runs out the door with a toothbrush, to which they're like, arrest that boy, which, ridiculous. Like, and that really? kid, Jimmy, hey, stop that choplifter! I'm like, Jimmy looks like a dick. Jimmy He's... looks like a dick. Also, like, it's a toothbrush. I know. Even with inflation, what what is it? I mean, how much are toothbrushes A dollar, man. Toothbrushes are not very expensive. But I'm like... He it was back then. Obviously, was probably like shoplifting is cents. to be frowned upon, but of course, you've got this police officer chasing after this little boy across an ice rink. What a ridiculous waste of resources! But also, Kevin sliding across the ice rink was totally unbelievable. Of course, I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to say that. Right before Kevin went to the store, we get again. The writers did a really nice job of doing this. The McAllisters call. The Murphys, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Hey, it's Peter. I'm in Paris. If you can call Kevin, me, the number yeah. is etc. etc. etc." And Marv is like, "Oh, the McAllisters aren't they the ones out in the house? They're gone. Now we can hit this place up." No, did you cut catch the subtle transition into that house? Because I, again, I just I think they did such a nice job. He's walking down the street like shouting, yes. and yeah. he goes, "I'm a criminal." Yeah. And right after they say that, they cut to the actual criminal. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, you're to right. Be like, you're not a criminal. Right. These, These guys are, are the, the criminals. criminals. And then the criminals almost run him over. Yeah. And so, yeah, he senses he's being followed, and 
Oh, he realizes who it is. He recognizes yep. him because of his gold because tooth. Because of his gold tooth. He gets nervous. They sense that he senses. They know that we know that they yes. know that we know. They're like, this kid knows we're trouble. And he's like, I know they're trouble. And yep. yeah. So he's he's walking. Then he starts running. And then he runs to the church, which is, again, brilliant 90s kid move. Yep. Like, if you're being followed, you don't go home. <laughs> You right. go to a police station. Right. Go someplace safe. Or to a fire station right. or to a church. Like, <laughs> yes. Good job. You're doing a good You're job. doing all the things that a 90s kid should do if they Your find themselves in a situation where they're home alone. Stranger danger. Right. Rules are doing a really good job. I love it. Okay. So then we end up back at home. This is my favorite scene in the whole entire movie. Every time I hear rocking around the, rocking around the Christmas tree. I think of this. I think of the scene. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to recreate it and see how real I can make it look. I love it. I love it. Also, I a piece of it that I love, um, of them thinking the pieces through. Like, where did he get all those things? But when he goes down into the basement, you see it. You see him scattered. You see one is wearing one of Kate's dresses in her bedroom. It's like okay, so these things didn't just like come out of thin air. But I would like to know why they have these things. Clearly, Kate has uh, an affinity for fashion. Yeah, whether she's a a seamstress herself or something, because she's. Oh, that's a Got good point. all these things. I, there's a sewing machine in the basement, like an old school oh, sewing machine and yeah. stuff. So. Okay, so they're like body forms for like for uh, making yeah. clothing. One thing that kills me about this scene is, and I wrote this, he can't pack a suitcase, but he can set this up. Totally. But again, <laughs> I think this is like a classic, you don't know how strong you are until you have to be. Sure. Also, when you're the baby of the family, I think you milk that baby yeah. as long as you can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you're like, But now he it can't do it me. anymore because now, he now he's the man can. of the house. Yep. Um, and he just takes his roles very seriously. Yeah. So if he's the degenerate youngest child, <laughs> he that's leans his into role. it hard. Yeah. <laughs> um... We cut back to the Paris house. They're now in the apartment. And um, I didn't realize this at the time, but you can see Uncle Rob and Aunt Georgette in the background. Like, Uncle Rob is decorating the tree, and yeah. Aunt Georgette is yelling at Uncle Frank. She says, Those shrimp Those... are for later. Yeah, and he doesn't care. Of course he doesn't. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. And then Buzz and, his, and one of the sisters, they're talking about Kevin. She's worried. Buzz doesn't care. And he says, we live on the most boring street in America. Nothing ever remotely remotely dangerous will ever happen, period. And then they cut back to danger. The pizza man again hitting the statue. I love it. Okay, so the pizza scene, I think it's a famous pizza scene. If you yes. say, you know, people would know. They He tosses the money out the door. Yeah. Here are my issues with this scene, okay? Tell me. One, why wouldn't he just open the door and give him the money? Right. I paid for pizza as a child all the time. <laughs> Not out of my, but you know what I mean? Like I with my parents mean. home. Like, oh, give him the money. Yeah, sure, sure. And I lived for it. Right. Being like, here you go. So one there. Two, really, this pizza man doesn't can't tell that that's a TV noise, especially right. in the 90s. Right. That's it's not a sh- coming I mean, out of a surround sound. It's coming out of a little, a little box. TV that's sitting on the kitchen counter. Yep. Agreed. So uh, there's that. And then we switch back to Kate, who is trying her damnedest to get home. And she's bartering with an older couple. She's like, if you give me your ticket, I'll give you these two first-class seats. First of all, fuck this older couple. I know. Especially the guy. And she's like, $500. She's giving her all the jewelry. Anything you want. Anything you want. Please just give me your seats. Right. 
They finally say okay, but it's like it like takes way too long. I'm baffled by this too. This is uh, I don't know. Like I I would have to have experienced this in the 90s, but like I have both needed a seat on a plane and given up my seat on a plane. Have before. you? Yes, I've been in both situations. And the flight attendants are all, or not the, whoever, the desk manager people, I feel like, try and pitch your case. Yeah. And they'll say, like, if you can do this, we'll We'll give give you, like, a voucher. Yeah. Right. Well, whatever. Um, This woman's willing to give you her diamond ring if you want. She's, she's desperate. Whatever. We've, I've had a flight attendant before be like, this man's trying to get to, like, his brother's funeral right. or something. Right. Is anybody willing to give up their seat? We have one going out today at 4. Right. Anyways, it makes me mad. Also, I, I but a theme in the movie for me is that Kate has no common sense. No, she So doesn't. I don't think she was doing a good job of picking the people to approach. <laughs> she needed to choose, like, the single person who, like... Didn't care. And yeah, back would be like, sweet. Europe. I'll take two more days right. in Paris. Sounds exactly. good. Exactly. I, I love hate it. my parents. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, again, we cut back to Kevin, who clearly misses his family at this point. He's looking at a family photo that seems to have been taken at Sears. Blue background. Yep. Um. And then the next day, it's day three. Of he's this. at the. Yep. He's going to the grocery store yep. now because he needs. Food. I love this scene. Of course. Love this scene. He's buying, like, responsible things. He asks her if she's ever had these microwave dinners. Yeah, which is, like, hasn't. conversation you make with people. And he says, I'll give him a whirl. Love it. Gives her a coupon that he got in the paper that morning. But she's so curious. Mm-hmm. And I'm confused as to why she's so curious. Like, yeah, there's a kid in there. But when he's exuding that much confidence, I'm not even going to ask. I'm assuming, like, like, your parents must have cancer or something and, like, can't come into the store and are (laughs) sitting in the car. That would be, in fact, it would be rude of me to ask. Right. You know what I mean? But instead, she's peppering him with questions. Peppering him. Where's your mom? Where's your dad? Where's your siblings? And he answers "Mm -hmm. them all. Like, Mm -hmm. he's got it prepared. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't tell her where he lives because she's a stranger. Stranger danger. Good job. He's walking home, the bags break. What a nightmare. I love it. My nightmare. Also, he says his mom's in the car. That was, let's go back to that for a second. That was not a 90s thing to do. Like, usually it would be reversed. Usually mom would be in the grocery store and, and the kid would, would be, be in the car. car. But that goes back to the, if to somebody calls, you never say you're home alone. Right. You, all, you know what I mean? That's you always true. say, oh, my mom's yeah. in the car. And I love the face, his face when the bags break. It's the face that I make when I've just had it. Oh, yeah. That's what I'd and I, like it's have, been a day. Yep. <laughs> I'm like I feel you. You f- actually no. You feel me, Kevin McAllister. <laughs> in this moment, uh-huh. you feel every mother's strife. Seriously. Um. So now, Harry and Marv again. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're like, are they home? Are they not home? This is where we hear angels with filthy souls again. Mm-hmm. Marv tries to like break in. Kevin puts the movie on. Marv is listening intently like, whoa, there's something really shady going down. Kevin lights these fireworks, which he took from Buzz's room. And in that scene where he took them from Buzz's room, he made a point of, like, really showing it to the camera. He's like, cool. I'll use these later. later. Like, okay, I see what you're doing there. Um, Harry wants to wait to see who the robber is slash murderer so that if the cops find out that Harry and Marv have been ransacking the place, Mm -hmm. they can use it. And say, well, we know there was a murder, and this is who it was. So now, 
We get to another big scene. Classic scene. Kevin going out and cutting the tree down himself. That's not what I was going to say, okay. but yes. No, go ahead. That comes in a second. It's unimportant. That part's right unimportant. Go I, on. But I love that scene. But yeah. I love that part. And I love that he cuts like Oh, the you're top going with mom off. and the polka. Yes. Okay. All right. So I love this scene because Kate is like... She's exhausted. She has had it. She just wants to get home to her son. And she says, I have been awake for 60 hours. I'm tired and I am dirty. I have been from Chicago to Paris to Dallas to where the hell am I? She's in Scranton. Like Scranton, Pennsylvania, a.k.a. where the office takes place, which makes me laugh. And she starts yelling, I've tried to get home to my eight-year-old son. I've come this far and you're telling me it's hopeless? And this is a pretty, I mean, she's very upset. And she says, the season of perpet- this is Christmas, the season of perpetual hope. And I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. If it costs everything I own, if I have to sell my soul to the devil himself, I'm going to get home to my son. So two things. I had a very, like, literal vision of her going out onto mm-hmm. the runway and yep. hitchhiking as a kid. And again, you may recall that one of my fears as a child was being possessed. So the thought of her having to sell her soul to the devil, I was like, yeah, wow, like, she wow. must really love her kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, and then we meet John Candy's character. Yep. Hilarious scene. He's asking her, do you want to hitch a ride with me and my polka players? Whatever. We're in a moving van. It's nothing fancy. You have to right. listen to our polka music the whole entire time. But, yes. like, we'll help you. Which okay. is so nice. Yes. But I have issues. Tell me. My plot hole issues. She's acting like this is some brilliant idea. Why didn't she just rent a car? I was thinking the same thing. She could have just rented a car and driven herself. You could just rent a car and drive yourself. If you're willing to pay anything, you could take a fucking taxi cab to the next airport over if you want and try. You know what I mean? That's a good point. So there's an issue with that. Two, once again, the judgment calls. You're going to get into a stranger's. With a bunch of men. Talk about stranger danger. Your son has better stranger danger smarts than you do. You're right. You are... Making poor choices left and right, Kate. Agreed. And I just, I, I don't think I want you to babysit my children. Def- well, no. I mean, you forgot one of yours at home. I definitely don't want you watching mine. No. So now after this ter- this very sweet but also plot hole scene, um, this is where Kevin is cutting down the top half of a tree in his yard to decorate in the house. And uh, that's when Harry and Marv realize that. He's home alone. He's home alone. They're going to come back. Here's another plot hole I have a problem with. Tell me. Is anybody curious at this point why this okay plumbing and heating truck is around all these houses where everybody's gone? Are well, we, no is one's this around. Not, like no one's around. But that's so also an issue. Everybody leaves. That is weird. Everyone Christmas? has left for Christmas. That, the whole street. That is not something that I would ever want to do. That sounds dangerous. It does. So but see something, say something. You're okay? right. You're right. They see this van. Someone must have seen it, and no one says anything. Well, of all the people, what about fucking old man? Uh, uh, oh, we'll get to him. Marley. I've Why got a did whole... he say it? Okay. All right. Great. Don't worry. It's coming up shortly. Great. So now. <clears throat> okay. So now he the guys are like, we'll come back tonight. Kevin hears it. So now he knows he has to like. He's got to be ready. He's got to be ready. But first he's going to the church. Yes. Well, first he wants to talk to Santa. And then he goes to church. Yes. And he walks by a family. He walks by a house and he sees families getting together for Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. And like sitting down to eat dinner through Go the knock window. on their door. Ask for help. Plot hole. Also, that, I this stressed wrote me that. out because of COVID. And I'm like, oh, remember when you could get together with people without fear? Remember? Nope, I don't. 
Um, so then he goes to church. He goes to the church. Okay. So in my research, found out that it seems that there was um, like a secondary plot going on that the writers were trying to weave in this like deep sort of religious theme to it that involved oh, really? the what's his name? Old man Marley. Okay, old man Marley. Because if you watch the movie, like when he slams his hand on the table at the he's got a bandage finds, around. He's his got hand. a bandage, and it's they sh- they make a point of showing. That it's bloody on the bottom oh. and it's bloody on the top. And then when he's in the church. He's just got a band-aid Kevin, on the top. Kevin, he just has a band-aid. Which and I then noticed. when he's hugging his son, he has nothing. Oh. And so they were saying it was like a healing. You know what I mean? Sure. Like Jesus is the reason. Blah, blah, blah. It was supposed to be this like secondary plot, but it was like getting too thick. Okay. And like confusing and People were like, people just want to come see a silly movie of bad guys right. getting beat up. Like, right. take it out. Gotcha. But they didn't take out, like, all the pieces. So there's still little, like, Easter eggs in there. So that's why he's going to the church. To see not... his granddaughter. No, that's why Kevin is going to the church. Because they were trying to add a religious I aspect see. to it. Oh, okay, instead okay, of, okay. like, a toy store or gotcha. a park or gotcha. something to, like, reflect. Is... Okay. Because this was supposed to be a... A, a plot line. I see. I see. Does that make sense? Yes, that they ended up dropping at some point. Yeah. Gotcha. But the com- the conversation that Kevin and Marley have is really nice. It is really nice. I but heard... I still have concerns. Like Marley can see that Kevin is alone. He can. Yeah. I. I. This is the part. But and then it only gets worse. Yeah. Like for, so from here on out, it's it's getting worse for me. Where I'm like. See something, say something, sir. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't leave this child alone. Be like, I'm alone, you're alone, let's be alone together. Right. Um, but also, in this, like, sweet little moment, it's like a um, ghost of Christmas future for mm. Kevin. Because, you know, he was, like, fighting with his family, and mm-hmm. then this guy is being like, why I don't talk to my family. And it's kind of like fought, a, right? yeah, it's like yeah. a perspective of, like, if you don't mend your... You, this this could be you. You could right. be the old man Marley, <laughs> old man McAllister. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah. My next notes are, he, old man Marley. He doesn't tell him. He sees the Chicago police. He doesn't tell them. He sees Santa. He doesn't tell him. I'm so confused. All you have to do to end all your misery, Kevin, if you're listening, and I know you are, is tell a grown up. I'm alone. Someone help me. So now we get to... The battle plan. The battle plan. Okay. The very official blueprints with crayon. Obviously, we could go on and talk about this scene for an hour, like straight up. But I'm pretty sure everybody has seen this scene. Yes. If you haven't, please go watch Home Alone. For the love of God, you are missing out on one of the all-time great Christmas movies of all time. (laughs) So instead of breaking down the battle scene, I would like to ask you some questions. Please do. Okay. Which one was the least believable to you? Like how they were able to continue on? Um, or the whatever least believable, you want. The, okay, so the least believable... Either <sighs> Kevin would never be able to pull that off in sure, time. Sure. That would never happen. They would well, be dead. Well, the whole thing, I don't know that the, he would be able to pull off in that amount of time. But also, as far as the most unbelievable, like, how are you able to get up after that? Probably started when uh, Harry had his head like burned yeah. with a blowtorch. Yeah, that was just that was that was it for me. Um, as an adult, as a kid, you know, 
Well, my second question, so I'll ask you if you want to rethink it, is which one do you think would have done the most damage? Because that's what I picked for most damage. To the human being that yeah. received the... I think that. I think the fire on the head. Mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you my most unbelievable one because it's random. Okay. When... What's the other guy? Bert, Marv. Marv is the tall, yes. awkward one. Okay. When Marv comes through the window and steps on the ornaments. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't look down to see what he's stepping on. Oh, I don't I see believe what you mean. that. And then he goes, like, he doesn't, like, do you do? He, like, slams his feet into it. And he starts and then, screaming before he even gets hurt. Yeah. So that's the one where I'm like, I see what you mean by you most unbelievable. Look. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. So the most, okay, well, thinking that way, the most unbelievable one for me then would be when Marv is going up the basement stairs covered in tar. You see that there's tar. Yeah. Your shoe comes off. You don't think, let me stop and try to climb up the side somehow. Instead, you're like, I'm going to put my other foot down and lose that shoe. And then I'm going to lose both of my socks. That's a good one. That was totally unbelievable to me. Yeah. Um, Another one that I think would be most damaging is the paint cans. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow they smash get up. your face straight and like I know. Like there's no way you're getting up from that. Brain bleed. There actually <sighs> apparently stones. is a article where like physicians <laughs> sat down and watched Home Alone uh-huh. and wrote down like what would what happen. Sustained injuries would have happened and like what the and not for like them as just one injury. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like if you got scorched on the head, that right. would be a third degree burn. Right. You would and need this skin grafts. And <laughs> you would probably pass out from the pain. The pain yeah, is no your kidding. body to protect you. Right. And, <laughs> You would spend God. approximately six to eight months in the hospital oh recovering my from yeah. God, so it's amazing. I, I want to find it. Um, another unbelievable thing is the zipline. That's oh yeah, they like how did you? I how did you make a zipline strong enough? How did you trust that zipline? Yeah, lots of questions. How did you do that? How did you get it from your house to your treehouse? I don't understand. Yeah, it's wild. Um. So then this is the other thing. The phones are back on. But yeah, they they just are on. But like nobody's calling Kevin. Nobody's right. still trying the no house one's to still see trying. if the phone lines came back Kevin on. Kevin calls the police <coughs> and says, pretends to be Mr. Murphy. Yep. Why wouldn't you say there are bad guys at my house and they're trying to hurt me? Okay. I hear you. But I think at this point he has figured out nobody's taking a kid seriously. Mm. And so he's trying to pretend to be an adult. Sure. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Okay. So now they're in the Murphy's house and the robbers have him pinned up against the door and they're saying they're going to kill him. Did you notice the basement was flooded? I did not. When he... I must have been typing. So when um, Kevin is... Well, before we get there, actually, everyone, you should know this. The tarantula that got loose comes into play. Oh, yeah. That's a great part. Puts it on Marv's face. Marv screams like an actual toddler. It's a great Very high-pitched scream. I love it. I love this. I love this part. I love it. And then it lands on Harry. And Harry doesn't realize there's a spider on him because he has passed out. He comes to, and Marv is going, don't move, and holding up a crowbar like he's going to beat Harry to death and Harry's like what are you doing Marv oh god and then 
Marv hits him on the chest slash yep. stomach. Which would have knocked the wind out of him. Right. And he's just like, ow! And the tarantula runs off, and Marv is like, did I get him? <laughs> you did So good. So um, good. But yeah, so Kevin says, so you know, the guys fall off. They're trying to um, use the rope. Mm-hmm, to like shimmy across. Right. And then Kevin cuts it. They fall. Yep. Somehow they're still able to get up. Yep. Despite all of these injuries. Of course. Kevin runs to the Murphy's house mm-hmm. and he's going to go run through their basement. They must have an exterior basement door like he has. And Harry and Marv are like, oh, he wants us to follow him. Let's do something different. Go the other way. So yep. when uh, Kevin runs through the basement, the basement is flooded. Because remember, they've already been there. They've been That's there. That's how they found they're out the, the wet bandits. Yep. Right. They're the wet bandits. So they've had the kitchen sink running. So the water is running down the basement stairs from the kitchen. Kevin opens up the basement door that leads into the kitchen. And there they are. Hiya, pal. We outsmarted you, didn't we? And this is when. So they back him into a corner. They're like, we're going to kill you, basically, all this stuff. They hang him on like a door hook. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and then old man. Marley. I'm never going to remember it. um, (laughs) Comes in with a shovel his, his famous his shovel. famous shovel that he used to kill everybody. And smacks them outside the head. So they pass out. Kevin is safe. The police pull up. We Somehow it's, it's this shove This hit to the head with the shovel is what finally did them in. It's what finally did them in. <laughs> so then the scene is they're getting arrested. They're like a bunch of copycat robberies. Mm-hmm. Now we know every single house that you hit. Right. And they're like, meh, you punk or whatever. And then Kevin is back in his house looking through the window, watching this all go down. WTF, why the fuck isn't old man Marley staying with him? Why isn't a police officer staying with him? Why didn't old man Marley say, these guys tried to kill him? Why didn't he say, I'm a home alone. I'm the reason something, something. Right. Whatever. Stay with me, please. No. He goes home and apparently cleans up his whole entire house. The entire house. And goes to bed. Cleans the entire house. Plot hole. I don't understand. Like, that, I have a harder time believing that than him setting it all up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm first like, of really? all, what kid actually wants to clean? Yeah. Now, granted, are we seeing every room? No. But the whole main f- first floor looks great. And the first floor is really where everything happened. That's where it all went and down. The, and if anything was out of out of place, we would know about it the next day when everyone returns to the house. Yeah. So he leaves cookies and milk out for Santa and goes to bed. Yep, goes to bed, wakes up. Oh, but wait, before that, okay. before he wakes up, so Kate is still traveling. She's saying she's a bad parent, and Gus tells her all the ways that the men are terrible fathers. Like, he's he sees his kid, like, somehow they're on the road. Like... For, they're on the road 48 or 49 weeks a year. How Hilarious. is that possible? Like, Polka's not that popular. And then this is when Gus says that he left his kid alone in a funeral parlor once. All day with a corpse. But the kid got over it after, like, six to seven weeks. My favorite. And Kate says, maybe we shouldn't talk about this. And Gus says, well, you brought it up. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So, anyway. Um, next day. Beautiful scene. Picturesque. The snow is falling. Picture this. The it's snow a is white, falling. It's a white Christmas for the people in this Chicago suburb. Yep. I want this house, by the way. I would like to live in this house. Mm, no, thank you. Why? It's so big. Yeah, I guess I can't even keep my own goddamn house clean. Uh, What am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, but if you can afford a house that big, you can probably afford someone to clean it. That's true. Um, Or you just fill it with kids and make them do it. 
fair enough. No, but you're right. It is too big. But it is beautiful. It it's is. a beautiful scene. It's very, Well, like... I would like to spend Christmas Day on there. How about that? Okay, I like that. Um... Okay, so he comes downstairs. He's like, Mom, blah, blah, blah. He's clearly disappointed because, oh, that was Santa bringing me my family. That's, That's all, all I he want wanted. It's my one wish. All I want is for you to bring me back my family. He doesn't. But then, a few min- moments later, Kate walks through the door and is like, Hi. She's yelling for him. Yep. Sees the house decorated. Kevin runs downstairs and Kate sees him and says, Merry Christmas, sweetheart. Yeah. Kevin looks bummed, like sad. You fucking yeah. forgot me. Yeah. You got on a plane to Paris and you forgot me. Yeah. And then she says, I'm so sorry. And then he runs to her for a hug. However, this scene, given everything that has gone on, is not dramatic enough for me. Agree. You would be hysterically sobbing. Agree. You would be, the you m- would, mom, your knees the would kid. be weak. Yes. You would be like, I can't even go down the paths my brain has created of all the horrible scenarios right. that happened. and I happened. can't believe you're here safe and sound. You'd be sobbing. And decorated the house. I love you. Yes. Right. Y- you would be hysterical. So it's the whole thing. And then the rest of the family runs in through the door. Because they got on the flight that Which she I think said hilarious. was... hilarious. Because they, they took one flight. Meanwhile, she, she traveled all over God's green earth. And that's just a mother for you. I know. Um... Yeah, this scene once made me so sappy. I think it was the year I was pregnant, and I watched uh, it, and I was like, <laughs> and now I'm like, give me a break. Yeah. Um, Peter gives Kevin a hug. He says, uh, he's like, Kevin, Kevin, my boy, how are you? Like, this is just not realistic. I know, no. Not realistic. This, I, no one, I wrote, no one seems all that Talking upset. about jumping sharks. Yeah, no We're kidding. jumping a lot of sharks here. You shapping. Yeah, so they're going through this whole thing. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So they're like, this whole thing. Not dramatic enough. And then immediately, the first words out of the mom's mouth are like, we have nothing here. We have to go to the store. And we I don't know even that have they milk. have to fit that in. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. Like, the store, I get it. But, like, ugh. We, we could have gone without. I could have just. Yeah. It's we could have just ended it. Um, and then my least favorite. What did you do the whole time? What else did you do while we were away? Oh, just, just hung, hung around. around. <laughs> and then everyone walks away. Everybody walks away. <laughs> At this point, you are you are putting your eight-year-old child back in a baby Bjorn. Right. And carrying right. his ass around yes. you for yes. un- the foreseeable future. At least six like, to seven glued, weeks. That's what I'm saying. You're glued to my hip. Okay, I'm going to be sleeping in your bed with you. Like, hello. Right. We are back to infancy. Like, crawl back up my vagina. Crawl right. back into my uterus. Like, right. let's start this over. <laughs> Please. So... <laughs> Everybody's scattering, yes. And then Kevin goes to the window and sees old man Marley reuniting with his family. Love this. The emotion on his face, yes. genuine. Believe yes. it. Here yes. for it. And he just, like, waves, like, hi, yeah. Yeah. you and Thank me, buddy. You. Yes. Ugh. I yes. do love that scene. And then you hear the neighbor, Kevin, or Buzz. Buzz. Kevin, what did you do? Which I love. What, what did a you clever do to my way room? to end it. Yes. But also, why didn't he clean Buzz's room? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, the jig is up. Maybe he forgot. Maybe he maybe. got tired. You know, like maybe in all the. He's like, well, at least I cleaned up the feathers. And yeah. Um, and then the end. The end. And it just ends. I think it's a great screen. way to end that it. That is a great screen. way to end it. And Other than the they continue that in the second movie. Yeah. You know, with the room service bill, which I appreciate. Yeah. And the second movie, okay. Obviously, we're not discussing the second movie. But this be- is an eight-hour podcast. Okay, but and between, then in Home Alone two, Lost in New York. But between uh, the two movies, do you have a favorite? 
I love the first one. I know you're asking me because you prefer the second one. I'm just it's asking fine. to ask. I just wanted to know. Um, I I just I, I the number of times I've seen the second one is like a quarter of how oh, many no times kidding. I've seen the first one. So I'm just Ooh. not as emotionally attached to it. Gotcha. Although, like my family has a tradition um, where. On Christmas Eve, we, like, all get new pajamas, and we put our PJs on, and we pick a Christmas movie or whatever. So, like, a few years ago, we were in Michigan for Christmas, and we picked Home Alone 2. And so we're down there, and my and uh, we're all hanging out, and my dad had never seen it before. Oh, wow. And so we're all, like, you know the thing you do when you're with friends watching a movie you've seen a hundred times where you're, like, cracking side jokes with yep. it or, like... You're you're talking along with the film. You're talking you're, along yeah. with the film. You're quoting it. You're like adding your own jokes and you're yeah. doing this or whatever. At one point, my dad like couldn't take it anymore, <laughs> and just loudly goes, "I'm trying to watch the film." <laughs> and we all just were like, to his grown up children, yes, to his adult <laughs> children, like. Like, I had children at the right, time. Right, I was probably 29. I'm like, trying to watch the film. The way he said it. And we're like, Home Alone 2? <laughs> You're trying. He's like, I've never seen it. I'm trying to follow the plot, and it's very difficult when you're talking right. the whole time. That is amazing. And it's funny, because we weren't even, like, talking to him. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, like, well, it's casual distracting. banter. Right. Sure. It's well, distracting. You, you know what you got to do? You got to put closed captioning on. There you go, Mark. <laughs> or watch it the next day on your own. Be like, really, those like, damn kids wouldn't it. let me watch. Oh let me God. sit down and watch this cinematic masterpiece. Josh, Josh still talks about it. Like, it's anytime he sees Home Alone 2, even just, like, the box cover yeah. of it, he's like, I'm trying to watch the film. <laughs> it's like, Amazing. Amazing. I saw the movies for sale, the DVDs for sale at Target today for $5 a piece. Aw. I know. What a, what a time. Yeah. Um, anyways, I love this movie. Um, it gets me in the Christmas spirit. Don't leave your kids home alone. Yeah, don't leave them home alone. Also, okay. can I tell you, Josh and I, when we were watching this, all right, so my son, <laughs> my sweet little autistic baby is seven. Oh, God. Kevin McAllister is eight. God. Anyways, also, one other sidebar. Home Alone is actually, like, my biggest reoccurring nightmare. Have I told is you Is it this? really? Yes. You I mean, being not Home Alone? No, oh, okay. No. Your kids um, being Home Alone? Yeah. When And I'm talking my literal sleeping. Yeah. My un- what? Not unconscious. Subconscious. Sub- subconscious nightmare. This is like it's it's a reoccurring theme. It doesn't it happens in very different variable ways where I find out my children are somewhere alone. And it's usually it's not like they're at the grocery store alone, but we right. it's been the Holland house, it's been this house, it's been our old house, it's been And where are you? Somewhere far away. I'm not even far away. I'm just like like I basically and sorry Josh, nine out of ten times in my dream, Josh calls me <laughs> and is like, I had to go do a thing. Oh I okay. left the kids. And okay. I'm like, What? <laughs> and so I wake up mad at him, like <laughs> You left the children. <laughs> Home alone. Which he would never do. Like, if right. anybody were to leave the kids, it's more likely to be me. <laughs> truly. Like, you know what I'm I mean? Just so run I'm the like, eh, I'll right be fine. Quick. Um, but, which is, it's just so funny. So, in my, yeah, in my dream. And then wherever I am, I am I have to get back to my kids. And right. I'm 
creating nightmare scenarios in my dream space about like I'm like oh my god that what if what this and that like yeah they could choke and right. I wouldn't be there like what if they tried to feed themselves right. and choked and like they must be so scared or like what if they went outside looking for me and got locked out and now they're cold <laughs> and like whatever I'm doing I'm hitting every single red light yes. and then like I'm running and it's like oh my god and your feet are like stuck in mud yeah they're like stuck in mud or like somebody tackles me to the ground or all of a sudden like. My, my back doesn't work. Or I've literally something. never had a dream like that. Oh my god, it's it's my that's like if I have one, it's now, my reoccurring I'm nightmare going to call you. It's awful. Um, has nothing to do with nightmares, but there are talks. They were supposed to be starting a new movie, like a remake of Home Alone. No, you can't because it's twenty two. I'm telling my you. understanding is that the premise is a little bit different, but the point is number one, don't touch a classic. Number two, if you were to remake it with the same or similar plot, it's impossible. Number one, don't touch a classic. No, you don't touch a classic. Your honor, may it I rest court. my case. <laughs> the end. The end. Case dismissed. Discussion. <laughs> Jury adjourned. Court's out of session. I'm not a lawyer. So, oh, you don't say. (laughs) So, yeah, remake, no. And I guess Chris Columbus was like, meh, I don't think that's a great idea. It's a a horrible idea. It is a horrible idea. Mostly because, like you said, like, like how? Right. Like how? Right. It would be over. Yeah. Actually, that would actually be, like, a really funny, like, TikTok. (laughs) Home Alone in 2020. 2020. You forgot me. Oh, shit. We got to go back. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Period. Kevin! (laughs) Um, You might disagree with my parenting, but I let my children watch it and they loved it. (laughs) I'm glad. I just Um, don't want to answer questions yet. Surprisingly, not that many questions. Well, that's good. Really, and Jack I, might like I it. thought the same thing. And you know what? There is minimal swearing. Yeah, like hell is the mag. Yeah. There's no sex. The only one is the Playboy magazine, and that goes right over your head. Right of the over your head. Jack would probably think that the traps are hysterical. That's Holland thought. Yeah. it was so funny. Yeah. it was so funny, and she was so relieved at the end of the movie, but not like it tortured. You know what I mean? Yeah. She just kept being like, "My her, his mom is trying to get home." <laughs> And then she's like, she's, he's, um, it was, it was really cute. So I let her watch it because we started watching it last night. <laughs> she came in at like, to say goodnight to us at like the worst possible. Oh God. Like a, gen- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a genuinely like. Not a great scene for her no, to walk in not on. not a great scene for her to walk in on. So <laughs> we're telling, you know, we're like, oh, it's a movie. Like mommy and daddy, I've watched it since we were little kids. It's about a little boy. And we we tell her the whole yeah. plot line, basically. Like, and then everything's fine. It's fine. And then um, she goes in her room. And the part where Kevin smacks his cheeks and goes, ah! Oh, yeah. She comes back in the room and goes, is that little boy okay? Aww. And I was like, he's fine. He wasn't even, <laughs> like, whatever. And so today I was like, do you want to watch it? Yeah. Like, would that make you feel better to yeah. go, go on this journey with me instead of imagining <laughs> worst case scenario? Like, why is he screaming? And I actually think it was like. That was probably good. Yeah. The the only the only question she had that wasn't even hard to answer is she wanted to know if old man Marley was a bad guy. Okay. She was like, is he a bad guy? I was like, he's not. People right. just think he is, but yeah. he's actually not. He's very nice. Yeah. And then when the burglars came in, she's like, they're oh, the bad the, guys. They're the bad guys. I'm like, yes, they are actually they bad. They are Everybody the antagonists. <laughs> Is good, mostly, except for <laughs> Uncle Frank. We'll get to that when you're older. <laughs> Uncle Frank's a dick. 
and a cheapskate. Oh, Don't nice. be that guy. Okay, so spooky season's over. Turkey time is over. We are here. We are fa la 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 lying. I am so pumped. Christmas time is my favorite time. Me too. I'm very excited. Um, Christmas is uh, is pulling me out of my funk a little bit. I'm excited to be watching these movies. We should do next week. Do you want to do like I wanted that or I had that toys? Oh, that's a good idea. I like it. You guys will have to let us know. What did you want? What did you have? Yeah. Tell us. All right. We are at Worked for 90s Kids 90s yes, on Instagram, Worked for 90s Kids at gmail.com. And we also have a Facebook group if you're interested in joining and exchanging ideas with each other. Thank you for listening as always. And welcome to Fa La La Season. Fa La 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 La. Goodbye. Yo, I don't know what era you grew up in, but Saturday mornings I had Rugrats, I had Hey Arnold, I was playing my Game Boy. Work for 90s kids Have a seat I'ma tell you about the best decade Yo, I had a bowl cut I ain't have a fresh face Take it to the 90s I don't care what all the rest say I could quote the Illmatic If you wanna test me Cause you know I'm listening to Nas Not the Ice Ice Baby for the right price Baby, see a fight night Crazy how Tyson He was knocking them out And Ninja Turtles on the telly When I'm locked in the house Watching Michael play the Lakers And he boxing them out And yo, with magic gets a ring Well, then I'm knocking the pal Oh yeah, I think it's time to celebrate No, there ain't no better way I'm chillin' on a Titanic getaway Tell you the truth, I wasn't planning to dance But when I got my hammer pants, you ain't standing a chance Got my fashion locked down with the British knife Hurry, head home, maybe we could catch a nigga at night Psych! Hey yo, you remember, remember taking the Game Boy, right? Let's take it back to the 90s Right, you took the Game Boy, you put it right under the lamp Because you ain't have the light That's where you cats gonna find Yo, 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 if we're talking video games, Goldeneye Yo, let's take it back to the Goldeneye on Nintendo 64. Son, you are not beating me. That's where you cast gonna find Remember me. when you had to dial 1 800 collect to call somebody, but they cheap and didn't want to accept. Remember when you used to dial up to get online? Then somebody grabs a phone, it would happen all the time. Remember when it was cool to have a pager? The crazy house parties in the DJ with the fader. Remember on the weekends you would hit a blockbuster? Making mixtapes that you got for your crush. Or, you know, getting numbers was a part of the plan. I was clueless. She told me I should talk to the hand. Keeping all your notes in the trapper keeper. I was getting mad at teachers cause she took my Walkman. She ain't let me get it either. It's the Fresh Prince from the city of Philly. Anybody know what's going on with Millie Vanilli? Yo, watch what you putting on after dark. I still be getting nightmares from Jurassic Park. Hey yo, yo, you remember Pogs? What the heck were Pogs? Take it back to the 90s. I didn't even know what they did. I used to just stack them and just like kick them down and collect them. But yo, you know what else? I had the Super Soaker 50. Remember it had the thing on the top? And you would like pump it up a million times and then you squirt the cars going down the street? Yo. Come over my house, yo, be my guest. Come over my house, yo, be my guest. We can watch a sitcom, TGIF. We can watch a sitcom, TGIF. Come over my house, yo, be my guest. Come over my house, yo, be my guest. We can watch a sitcom, TGIF. We can watch a sitcom, TGIF. Yo, you remember like in school, all the girls had the Furbies? Let's take it back to the 90s. You know what I'm saying? They wanted like the troll dolls. I wasn't down with that. I had the Batman action That's figures. But... Oh man, Garbage Pail Kids. You remember the Garbage Pail Kids? Back to the 90s. I don't even know what that was. Yo, what else do they have? Oh, That's listen. Listen. Me. 
We talking sitcoms, Fresh Pits of Bel Air, over, over everything. That is Seinfeld. Friends was just okay. That's where you cast going. I mean, movies. And then you got the Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Let's take it back to uh, You know, as a kid, that, you know, kind of ruined the whole franchise for me, but Let's whatever. Cast going to find me. Mom, mom, where's my talk boy? Let's take it back. The, to the, the talk boy, that thing from Home Alone. I, I need it because I'm going to record, record my demo. Gonna find me. 